Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. Chris Sasser here with Troy. And Troy, here's what what I think you you probably know a little bit of, but you're going to find out more and more as we have this conversation. We have a special guest here today. And and Troy, this guy is one of, if not maybe the best young leaders I have ever been around. And I'm old. Yeah. And have been around a lot. Right. And um, we, we have our friend Carson Gosley. Carson is, I'm going to let Carson tell you about himself, but I've kind of gotten to get to know Carson and uh, be around him for the last, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten years-ish. Yeah, at least. Something yeah. like that. So um, when you just first said that, like, like there's a part of me that's like, oh, no, I feel real, really intimidated. But here's my quick out. Yeah. You said one word there that I just, it doesn't matter. It Me, me too. Same I'm word. old. Same word. <laughs> so, I, I'm not in that category, so I have to worry <laughs> about trying right. to be a young leader anymore. I might be a leader, but I don't need to worry about That's being right. a young leader. It's just not not in the cards anymore. So anyway, Carson Costa. <laughs> I like learning from old leaders. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that at some point. So. You have experience, and that's, right. and that's something I, I do not. Sass, you are very... Uh, very, very kind. But yeah, my name is Carson. I serve as the director of Overflow here at Port City Church. And uh, Overflow is a gathering of 18 to 25 year olds. So uh, it's been historically known as a college ministry. Uh, but what we're finding like more and more every day in the life of our ministry is that there's a lot of students or a lot of people that are in that age range of 18 to 25 that are not going to a traditional four-year program or even yeah. a two-year program. And they're jumping into work and the truth is like they need help. (laughs) They need help figuring out their walk with God. They need help figuring out who they are. They need help figuring out what their next steps of life actually look like and, and, and how to make them well and how to make wise decisions and how to find friends, make friends, how to interact with their parents when their parents no longer have authority. They just have influence. Like how do you, how do you manage that transition there? There's so many things that happen in the 18 to 25 year old age range that matter immensely because they leave a mark on the rest of your life to some extent. And I, I just, believe so much in what happens in that section of life, which is why I consider it such a privilege to be in the job that I'm in, because I get to walk with a lot of people uh, in that stage of life and kind of help them wrestle out all of those those questions. And so some of those questions, there aren't perfect cookie cutter answers, which is what most I, of their questions, which is, right? Exactly. Yeah. Which is what I, I love about it, right? That's like right. Jesus said, follow me to Matthew and Matthew got up and followed him. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> and, so good. And, and, he, and he learned as he went, right? Like when, when he started following Jesus that day, he didn't know everything that he was going to know by the time that Jesus would do the whole, I'm going to be dead and then alive thing. You know, like he, he, he learned a lot along the way. And I just, I want to do that. I want to model that as a leader. I, I don't want to act like I'm immune from that. Like that, that's my life. That's my faith story. So, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, well talk more about yeah. your life and your faith story, because you're, you're a young leader leading a bunch of young people. I mean, yeah. you're, you're obviously a couple years ahead of them, but, but tell everybody kind of about your story and how you mm. stepped into this position yeah, relatively to, recently. Yeah. To, to go, to go back just a little bit, I grew up in a a private Christian school here in Wilmington, North Carolina. And I loved it because it taught me so much about God and it taught me so much about the Bible. And I really fell in love with the Bible from a very young age uh, because everybody that I was around at my school loved the Bible. So I was like, oh, it's just normal 
to love the Bible and then therefore fall in love with God. Uh, but what ended up happening a little bit along the way is I got really honed in on, on trying to be wise <laughs> as opposed to be in a relationship with God. And those two things um, can go together in a lot of but ways. But don't always. Uh, but don't always yeah, right. go together, right? You can have all the wisdom in the world and still miss the point, right? And I, I had to wrestle a lot of things to the ground. And one of the big things that helped me do that and to make my faith really relational with God was my arrival here to our church. Uh, when I was 14 or 15 years old, I was spending the night at a friend's house and his dad got, got us up. We came to church that morning and I walked into our church and was like, this isn't church. Like there's a band on the stage and there's lights and there's this smoky stuff in the <laughs> ceiling. Like what is happening right now? Uh, but a little bit at the time I started to learn like, oh wow, like everybody at this church, like they, they love Jesus so much that they love each other genuinely. And that was like, whoa, that, that, that's crazy. Uh, so then one thing led to another. I came on staff into our production department. I uh, spent nine years there uh, throughout high school and college. Uh, and then about a year and a half before recording this podcast in August of 2023, I got uh, called out of production and into overflow. And I, I have loved every minute since. It has been the most challenging year and a half, but also the most rewarding and, and not because of necessarily a long list of success, uh, but a long list of, of moments along the way that I've learned how to cling to God, not to my ability. Mm -hmm. And that has been transformational in my marriage and my role as a new dad, uh, all of those things. I feel like God is constantly teaching me like, hey, Carson, it's daily bread. It's not yearly. It's not weekly. It's not monthly. It's not by the decade. It's not by the position. It is literally by the morning sun, like that you've got to remember that, that I give you a little bit at a time so you don't run off and do your own thing and yeah. get yourself into trouble. So, okay. So, wow. so you're, 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 how old are you now? 27. So you're 27 leading 18 to 25 year olds. Yeah. So before we talk about, yeah, like the first, the first couple of talk months. about that. Yeah. I, I was, I, I have a, a decent amount of facial hair and I, I don't, and shave. you're an amazing leader. I, I so don't, there. I don't <laughs> shave for that reason because it helps people think that I'm older <laughs> uh, than I am. Uh, but it, there, there is like a dynamic there that I, I'm constantly trying to figure out. I, I think it was John Michael well that said it you know originally I, I don't know if it was or not but I, I think he's widely known for saying leadership is influence and I do believe that to my core like if you're going to lead somebody you've got to have influence with them if, if you don't have influence with them then you're just taking a walk in the park together and and maybe you'll like influence them a little bit along the way but like it, it, it is this like art of saying like hey I care about you before I want to make you do something Right. Like I, I want to be with you before I project my opinion uh, or my ideology or my theology like onto you. Like I, I just want to be with you. Like right. I, I love like to, to think about Matthew just for a second. Again, like Jesus went and ate with tax collectors and the Pharisees were like, why do you eat with such scum? Like that that's the New Living Translation word for what they said. And it's like, well. The, he says the, the healthy don't need a doctor that the sick do. And I, I think about that in the context of my leadership. I'm like, if I can just go make myself radically available to people and just say, Hey, I'm in that, I'm in that with you. And, and I'll hold your hand through that. And you can, you can call me and we can, we can talk about that. Mm -hmm. And it, even if we don't agree at the end of the day, I'm committed to you. And all I'm asking is that you remain committed to me uh, as friends. And that's been my strategy. It's pretty simple. Um, and I think it's been, a, I think it's been effective along the way. I definitely think there's been some challenges with it along the way, because when somebody says, when somebody hears you say, Hey, I just want to be your friend, uh, sometimes they treat you that way. 
And when you give them some thoughts of like, okay, hey, let's go over here. They're like, whoa, whoa, oh, whoa. No, I'm okay. Like, That's yeah, right. yeah. We're, wait, I thought we were friends. It's like, this is actually what friends do. Yeah. Friends are honest with each other. I think the most unloving thing that you can do to somebody is not tell them the truth, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think withholding something from somebody that they need to know, that is inherently unkind right? Like yep. you're having a gossip party with yourself and right. <laughs> that, that's right. not helpful to you or to them. So that's been a challenge that I've experienced in my job. And I'm, I do think that the Lord has like been really intentional about guiding me in that. And I, and I feel like I'm growing in that by no means do I think mm-hmm. that I've arrived in that, but I, mm-hmm. I do like even entering into this new fall semester with all of our new freshmen that just rained down on Wilmington over the past couple of weeks before we recorded this. Yeah. Like I, I do feel like okay, I've got, I've got a little bit of ground underneath my feet now. Like I, I, I understand this just a little bit more and I'm very grateful for that. Wow. That's so good. So, <clears throat> so many things that you're saying, I was just ran across a verse, um, a couple of weeks ago in Psalms and this was really good and challenging to me. <clears throat> People are familiar with the, uh, Myers-Briggs. Mm. I've, I've taken that a few times and I'm right, right near the middle. I've, I've been an extrovert, but then several times I've been the introvert but I know I'm probably more inclined to be up in my head in part reinforced by the things that I do, uh, for work wise. Um, but the verse was, you know, that love exposes itself. It doesn't conceal itself. And I just was really hit with that challenge that, um, I can't live in an, on an Island. I can't live within myself and expose that love without that awareness. Like, that this thing has to express itself out. And I know that sounds so elementary, but to hear you talking about your upbringing and the scriptures and your love for it and the, the awareness that you went from, you know, the wisdom that God was, that was being poured in and still is being poured in, having the need to see that the effectiveness of even wisdom has to follow the line of relationship. Mm-hmm. And to hear that was just like, that is so good and even challenging still. Great to hear somebody who's leading young people yeah, that this is a message of this is where hope is. I was also just sorry I'm talking so much here, but there was I was also very aware, um, or just thinking through as you were talking, like how I've been in different churches and different atmospheres where the word of God, um, which is which is taught, and yet here is relationships with people and how to take the word of God and yet have relationships be. Um, be the thing or vehicle by which that word of God is exposed and, and challenged through yeah. love and relationship. Yeah. That makes me think of the quote from uh, Craig Rochelle, big pastor, leader, thinker in the world today. He says that people don't know how, what you know until they know how much you care. They, they don't know what you, you know and what verses you've memorized and what theology you've worked out with a pen right. and piece of paper and the quiet of your own office until they know how much you care. Right. And I, I do think that Jesus gives us that model. Like he, yeah. he, he cared for Peter on the beach that day. Right. And, and he extended himself to what you're saying. Like he made himself available right. to, to, to Peter. Yeah. And then that led to Peter trusting him a little bit at the time. And then, of course, you know, at the very end, he did what we would have all done and denied Jesus huh? three Who's times. Who's that guy? Yeah. <laughs> Never heard of it. I don't know. Never no, heard of no, it. No. But notice, like in John 21, uh, Jesus reaffirms Peter's calling three times. Like, yeah. I, I love that. Like for every time that Peter blew it, Jesus was like, no, I got it. 
because because it's not your power it, it's mine yeah so. that's so true well hey well, we're gonna we're gonna talk kind of specifically about these college students and young adults that carson has a chance to lead because you know they're all yeah. making transitions in their life and there's all these issues that they're facing we're going to jump into all that we'll be back in just a minute on a voice of hope hey thanks for listening to a voice of hope a nonprofit listener supported podcast where we encourage our listeners to share their stories as we encourage others Life is hard, and we get it, but we believe that God uses everything in a person's life to bring about His good. When we share what God is doing in our lives in simple ways with others, we're inspiring hope and maybe even some positive change. With a casual conversation between our hosts, Troy Peverall and Chris Sasser, along with their guest, we navigate challenges, share victories, and inspire our listeners to become a voice of hope in their life and community. And that's it. That's what we're all about. We all have stories and we would love to share yours. So check us out on the web at avoiceofhope.me. That's avoiceofhope.me. Here you can send us an email, get to know us better, and find a secure place to give. And one more thing, thanks for sharing this podcast with your friends. When you do so, you're helping us to reach farther with helpful stories for hopeful living. Well, hello and welcome back to A Voice of Hope. Chris Sasser and Troy Peverell, along with our friend Carson Gosley. Carson leads the college ministry here at Port City Community Church. And um, good gosh, you are in the middle of a lot <laughs> when, it, when it comes to that, Carson. So so talk to us a little bit, especially, you know, maybe for some of us who aren't around college students a whole mm-hmm. lot or don't understand sort of this culture, or this generation. Just talk to us about like, what are you seeing in college students and young adults, like what's, what's going on with them yeah. today? Good gosh, that's, <laughs> this is gonna be fun to hear your answer. Uh, well, I have so many, so many thoughts on what's happening in this, this generation for a lot of different reasons. Uh, one is I'm not that far out of the, the, that generation. We talked about that a little bit before the break, but uh, I'm 27 years old, so I, I'm not that far removed from a college student's age. But, I, but from a season of life perspective, I've been married for six years. I have a 14 month old daughter. I'm I'm most certainly different phase of life. Yeah, right, right. right. Uh, but I, I do like, I see myself in a lot of the college students of today. I, I think that there's like a war for um, how do you form identity? Uh, like who, who gets to say who you are and is it a behavioral thing? Is it a uh, d- decision-making thing? Is it, is it what your parents said to you? Is it what your professor said to you? Like who gets the authority to say who that you are? I think is like a huge question. Uh, that college students in and outside of per se Christianity are struggling with. I, I, I don't think that that's just Christians. And I don't think that that's just people on the outside of Christianity. Right. Like, I think that's everybody going like, who, who in the world am I? Like, because I think that a lot of times we live in college, especially uh, based upon what happened to us in high school. So it's like, I didn't make, I didn't get to be the homecoming king because this person became homecoming king, right? Oh, and that must be say something about me. And then you're, you're all of a sudden, you're just continuing to fight this narrative about who you are based upon something that, that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think this like war for identity is certainly a piece of it. I think a, a coexisting kind of piece to that is this chronic idea of insecurity. Uh, and I think that a lot of it stems from they get security. And I think we all do this. Uh, we, we, we all get security from how we portray ourselves. So it's like if we can put out an image on Instagram or on Snapchat or on TikTok that that gets likes and gets comments and gets attention, then 
we just keep doing more and more of that. And then all of a sudden you're three or four years in and you've created all these neuropathways in your brain about how to feel good based upon just trying to get public opinion or public approval, uh, that it's, it's so detrimental. And then the third thing I would say is there's this, this comfort and ambiguity that I'm seeing. There's this, if, if, if we don't have to speak about it clearly, then it doesn't really have mm. an effect or doesn't really matter that much. Uh, so there's a lot of vagueness that I hear in conversations where it's like, oh, I have struggles. So <laughs> that's, that, that's okay. all you get. Cool. I have struggles too. Yeah, sure. uh, well, what do you got? What's next? <laughs> I struggle with insecurity. I struggle with being nervous. I struggle with being anxious. Like, right. Like I struggle with depression from time to time. What, what, like, can you, can you give your struggle a name so we can like work on it together? Uh, and I think that that is the, the big kind of like a chasm to get college students to step across. And I think the world looks at college students and I hear it all the time they're lazy. They don't care. They, they don't, they don't want to do anything. Da, 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 da. Cause I, I work with some business leaders and I, I, I hear that often. And, and I think that they just want to see purpose in how they spend their life, which I think is a really beautiful thing. And something that I think if adults can see them through that lens of, if they're just, if they're searching for purpose, if you can come alongside of them and help them discover their purpose, then you will be their very best friend for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Like I, I believe that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and they will gravitate towards you way faster than you might expect. So it's funny. You just mentioned kind of what well, you mentioned too. And I know kind of from the ministry that you lead that you do number three, but three things that the Fuller Youth Institute out in California talks about that every kind of young adult is, is striving towards and trying to figure out identity, mm. belonging, and purpose. Yep. Right. Like if we can understand yeah. that that is what this generation is trying to figure out. Yeah. Who am I? Who are my people? Where do yes. I belong? Yes. And what difference do I make yep. here on the planet? And man, that's just beautiful that, that you're seeing <laughs> these students crave all of that. And what you're trying to step into is, is offer them Jesus right. as, as the answer to all of it. Right. Exactly. Like you, you will find an eternal answer to all three of those questions in Jesus. You will find temporary answers to those questions and all the other different facets of life. Right. Yeah. And you, and but you can do that. Uh, I do think that the well will run dry. Yep. And, and I think that that's the conversation that I have with students very consistently. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you're finding your identity in this thing and you're enjoying it because that that's the question I get all the time. Well, it feels right. Like it, it feels right to go to a party and have a great time. Cause I had a great time. I use the word great to describe my experience. So therefore it must be worth repeating. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, how long does that last? Yeah, right. Like that has a pretty short shelf life. Oh, and by the way, you just told me you drove home last night after you, you drank all night. Was that what the wise thing to do? Right. Like it, is every part of that great? Right, right, right. <laughs> like, no, it's not. And, mm -hmm. but a little bit of self-discovery, like just looking inward, like, and I, I love Andy Stanley wrote a fantastic book called uh, better decisions, fewer regrets. And one of the questions that he challenges everybody in that book to, to ask is like, what story do you want to tell? Cause Every day is a story you're going to tell to somebody, especially like if you think about your 18 to 25 year old, like kind of stage of life, you're going to tell your kids and potentially your grandkids a story about how you lived in between 18 and 25. Mm -hmm. Make it a good one. Make, make it a fantastic one. Yeah. Make it one full of character and full of integrity where, where you put other people above yourself and you, you, you worked out your identity and you built your, your, your life on a really strong foundation. I'm talking a lot, but no, I, that's, I, that's, I, that's I, why you're here. I, I, I just believe in this generation so much uh, because they love people. 
They, they really do. They, they have a high ability to, to extend themselves to others. And there's a lot of like stigmas or stereotypes that may have existed in generations prior that have like dissipated in this generation. Like if, if I were to go to a group of our college students and say, hey, we're gonna go spend a couple hours in one of the encampments of people who live outside here in Wilmington, none of them, none of them would go, oh, I don't wanna do that. They would all be like, I'm ready. Can I get in the car right now? Like, I, I want to go do it. And then we're like, okay, we're going to go with the right posture and we're going to like, we're going to, we're going to do this right. Right. Like we're, we're not just going to walk in and be do this, a little coaching. Yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. But like, but I say that as an example to like, they're, they're hungry to extend themselves. So they need people to teach them how to do that well. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to be. Well, and the other thing that I love is, is that, that all three of us, I think would say that, that what happens to most people in that age range from 18 to 25, it does chart mm. for the most part, the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, you know, Perfect. But, but for most people kind of whatever, whatever decisions you start making, whatever you solidify and what you mm-hmm. believe during that time of life, it sends you in a direction for the rest of your life. And, and what story do you want to tell and what direction you want to be going in? Yeah. Because it's a, a lot of times like you get married in that stage of life. Now, now the, the average, you know, age of getting married is trending higher and higher. I want to say it's 27, 27, 28. 28 that's what right I've heard. Now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is, which is, a whole another thing that's that's probably a whole another podcast. Yeah, and fewer and fewer people are getting married. <laughs> are getting period. married, yeah, right? right? Because because they're fear of messing it up. The, the, the fear of messing it up. They they their their parents messed it up, or somebody that they know messed it up, and they're like, no way. I, it's just safer to stay on the sidelines of that. And there's, I think that that all connects back to their identity and their purpose and their insecurity. And yeah. are, are are they going to actually be able to belong in a marriage for the rest of their life? I think that's a big question for them. Absolutely, that's, that's so good. I love <clears throat> everything you're saying. Is good. I was just thinking about something you said earlier about identity when you started, how um, you were referencing kind of like who gets the right to say, you know, who mm-hmm. we are. Mm-hmm. And you went into, I mean, all of what we see and hear, which is every, the voices are so loud from every direction inside of whether it's social media, whether it's your parents, whether it's other believers, whether it's a lost world. So there are all these inferences of our identity and it's like, wow, what a trap to try to end up trying to attain your own identity through yeah. any other voice other than where you came back to, yeah. which is ultimately every, the well runs dry. This is going to come back to Jesus. And so I remember even from the scriptures where I think this hit me one day when I was reading, it was like, um, uh, Jesus asked Peter, Peter, who do people say that I mm. am? And we know Jesus was not insecure and doesn't necessarily care at the core as to for himself. This isn't, hey, I need a like. Right. (laughs) What if? And so that question is awesome from the frame, I think from the framework that Jesus was asking it. But I loved how, you know, he gave Peter that opportunity and he gave him the feedback back to Jesus. Um, But then he turns the question or turns back the statement to Peter to say, Peter, who I say that you are is a rock. Mm-hmm. And to me, when I read that at some point in my life, I'm like, our identity, our true identity is answered by the purpose that Jesus gives us. It's answered by him. And it's like, if I look anywhere else, and we do, our temptation in the flesh is to look everywhere else to attain this, this emptiness uh, that mm-hmm. we feel in our flesh, yep. to fill that up to, for that yep. to be answered. And yet it's, it's so simple in the sense that that this identity that we have one person answers that others need to reinforce it this is the quality of all of the places that we live do we have friends do we 
walk in circles where it's that, that message is sent and reinforced that your identity is found in Jesus and hearing Carson, he's like, he's that theme is there. Oh yeah. And last part, Carson. So you mentioned, um, kind of, kind of the authority piece of this. Mm-hmm. And so just speak really quickly to kind of, what are you seeing with college students and young adults when it comes to who has the authority mm-hmm. to say that in their lives? We've already mentioned that the world does it, Yeah. but, but like, how are they embracing authority in general? I think they're skeptical of authority. And, and I think that that's their, their lead emotion uh, where they're like, okay, you, you want to tell me something. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm first going to be skeptical. I'll listen for a minute, but then I'm going to bring a lot of facts or I'm going to bring a lot of articles or a lot of Instagram posts or a lot of TikTok posts. And I think that that's where it's like, well, what's, how do we define truth? And, and that's, that's a question I ask students all the time. And, uh, I was talking to one of our pastors, Rick, the other day. I was like, how do you define truth? Because he, he always has great definitions. Uh, <laughs> and he said, I, I would define truth as the capital R reality that God created and he invites us to live fully into. So when I'm talking to a student, it's like, if, if, if we can agree that that's where we're going to look to for what truth is, then we can get on a journey together mm-hmm. and discover something. Um, if TikTok gets to say what's true, well, we have eight billion different versions of truth. And just from a practical sense, that's unsustainable, right? Mm-hmm. So I think coming back to like getting really, really clear with how do you define that is really helpful. Yeah, that's great. Well, okay. So, so we're going to have a great conversation next time. I'm sure Carson, you got so much to say, and it's really helpful just to see kind of your perspective as someone who's on the ground with this generation to, to help those of us who are not in this generation understand who they are. And what we're really going to talk about next time is as these, these students are making these transitions from, you know, young adulthood into adulthood, how can we as adults really just help them do that? So thanks for listening. If you want more info about the ministry or to make a donation, you can go to a voice of hope.me. And we'll talk to you next time on A Voice of Hope.